Section 214 of Chesterfield's Letters to His Son. Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. Letter 297. London, April 6, 1767. My dear friend, Yesterday I received your letter from Nîmes, by which I find that several of our letters have reciprocally miscarried. This may probably have the same fate. However, if it reaches Monsieur Sarrazin, I presume he will know where to take his aim at you, for I find you are in motion, and with a polarity to Dresden. I am very glad to find by it that your meridional journey has perfectly recovered you, as to your general state of health. For, as to your legs and thighs, you must never expect that they will be restored to their original strength and activity, after so many rheumatic attacks as you have had. I know that my limbs, besides the natural debility of old age, have never recovered the severe attack of rheumatism that plagued me five or six years ago. I cannot now walk above half an hour at a time, and even that in a hobbling kind of way. I can give you no account of our political world, which is in a situation that I never saw in my whole life. Lord Chatham has been so ill these last two months, that he has not been able, some say not willing, to do or hear of any business, and for his sous-ministres they either cannot or dare not do any without his directions, so everything is now at a stand. This situation, I think, cannot last much longer, and if Lord Chatham should either quit his post or the world, neither of which is very improbable, I conjecture, that which is called the Rockingham Connection stands the fairest for the ministry. But this is merely my conjecture, for I have neither the data nor postulata enough to reason upon. When you get to Dresden, which I hope you will not do till next month, our correspondence will be more regular. God bless you. Letter 298. London, May 5th, 1767. My dear friend, By your letter of the 25th past, from Basel, I presume this will find you at Dresden, and accordingly I direct to you there. When you write me word that you are at Dresden, I will return you an answer, with something better than the answer itself. If you complain of the weather north of Besançon, what would you say to the weather that we have had here for these last two months, uninterruptedly? Snow often, northeast wind constantly, and extreme cold. I write this by the side of a good fire, and at this moment it snows very hard. All my promised fruit at Blackheath is quite destroyed, and, what is worse, many of my trees. I cannot help thinking that the King of Poland, the Empress of Russia, and the King of Prussia, s'entendant comme la ronne en foie, though the former must not appear in it upon account of the stupidity, ignorance, and bigotry of his Poles. I have a great opinion of the cogency of the controversial arguments of the Russian troops, in favor of the dissidents. I am sure I wish them success, for I would have all intoleration intolerated in its turn. We shall soon see more clearly into this matter, for I do not think that the autocatrice of all the Russias will be trifled with by the Sarmatians. What do you think of the late extraordinary event in Spain? Could you have ever imagined that those ignorant Goths would have dared to banish the Jesuits? There must have been some very grave and important reasons for so extraordinary a measure, but what they were I do not pretend to guess, and perhaps I shall never know, though all the coffee-houses here do. Things are here in exactly the same situation in which they were when I wrote to you last. Lord Chatham is still ill, and only goes abroad for an hour in a day, to take the air in his coach. The King has, to my certain knowledge, sent him repeated messages, desiring him not to be concerned at his confinement, for that he is resolved to support him, pour et contre tout. God bless you. 
Letter 299, London, June 1st, 1767. My dear friend, I received yesterday your letter of the 20th pass from Dresden, where I am glad to find that you are arrived safe and sound. This has been everywhere un annus mirabilis for bad weather, and it continues still here. Everybody has fires, and their winter clothes, as at Christmas. The town is extremely sickly, and sudden deaths have been very frequent. I do not know what to say to you upon public matters. Things remain in statu quo, and nothing is done. Great changes are talked of, and I believe will happen soon, perhaps next week. But who is to be changed, for whom, I do not know, though everybody else does. I am apt to think that it will be a mosaic ministry, made up de pièces rapportées from different connections. Last Friday I sent your subsidy to Mr. Larpent, who, I suppose, has given you notice of it. I believe it will come very seasonably, as all places, both foreign and domestic, are so far in arrears. They talk of paying you all up to Christmas. The king's inferior servants are almost starving. I suppose you have already heard, at Dresden, that Count Bruhl is either actually married or very soon to be to Lady Egremont. She has, together with her salary as Lady of the Bedchamber, twenty-five hundred a year, besides ten thousand pounds in money left her at her own disposal, by Lord Egremont. All this was sound great and a coup d'allemand. I am glad of it, for he is a very pretty man. God bless you. I easily conceive why Orloff influences the Empress of all the Russias, but I cannot see why the King of Prussia should be influenced by that motive. End of section 214 Read by Professor Heather and By. For more free audiobooks or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org.